Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Did you ever see that rant no. she did about the world gone mad? No. See if you can find oh, it. I want to see that. It, it, it's it's really wild. It's really excellent. Go ahead. Go okay. Which millions of Americans who aren't on the hard left or the hard right who feel the world has gone mad. So, in what ways has the world gone mad? Well, you know, when you have the chief reporter on the beat of COVID for the New York Times talking about how questioning or pursuing the question of the lab leak is racist, the world has gone mad when you're not able to say out loud and in public that there are differences between men and women the world has gone mad when we're not allowed to acknowledge that rioting is rioting and it is bad and that silence is not violence but violence is violence the world has gone mad when we're not able to say that hunter biden's laptop is a story worth pursuing the world has gone mad when in the name of progress young school children as young as kindergarten are being separated in public schools because of their race, and that is called progress rather than segregation, the world has gone mad. There mm. are dozens of examples that I could share with, with you and with and your you viewers. And you often say, you say everyone allowed. Everyone sort of knows this. And you say we're not allowed, we're not able. Between, Who's the people stopping the conversation? Who are they? Um, people that work at networks, <laughs> frankly, like the one I'm speaking on right now, who try and claim that you know, it was it was racist to investigate the lab leak theory. It was. But I mean, who let's said just that take at an CNN? Example. But I'm just saying that when you say allowed, I just think it's a provocative thing you say. You say you say we're not allowed to talk about these things, but they're all over the internet. Well, what, I can Google them. Brian, I can find them everywhere. I've heard about every story you mentioned. So I'm just suggesting, of course, people are allowed to cover whatever they want to cover. But you and I both know, and it would be delusional to claim otherwise, that touching your finger to an increasing number of subjects that have been deemed third rail by the mm. mainstream institutions and increasingly by some of the tech companies will lead to reputational damage, perhaps you losing your job, um, your children sometimes being demonized as well. And so what happens is a kind of internal self-censorship. This mm. is something that I saw over and over again when I was at the New York Times. Yeah. No, she's amazing. So anyway. She's amazing. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. This is the 13th of April, year of our Lord, 2023. I like that for the simple fact that most of what we do now is word smithing. Today's theme, fascism. I'm not even doing slides or a lot of sound bites. It was just a week of unadulterated fascism. But we will be doing a new segment that's going to turn into a new podcast. I'm calling it Lost Memories. It's a concept came up with when 
I found those videos and pictures, and it's a thing that I've noticed the older I get. You get these glimpses of memories, and you don't know why. And they come out of nowhere, and they're usually fuzzy. But they elicit all sorts of happiness or sadness, and it's with music, it's with videos you find. And I found a dump of so many pictures and videos that I thought were lost. So the intent is to do a smaller, shorter podcast every once in a while, uh, call it Lost Memories, take in user samples. If you want to do an audio or a picture that you found and you go, wow, I remember this, this, and this, because I know for me at 55, I wake up every morning with things that I haven't thought for ages. And it is a concept of our brains, in my opinion, are just like a hard drive. You know, you just have bits of information. Sometimes they're fragments, but a song or what have you makes you feel so much. So I'm going to try it out for a while. It's an idea. So let's get to the show. FBI used undercover agents to investigate Catholics. Breaking, we now know the FBI rely on information derived from at least one undercover employee sought to use local religious organizations as new avenues for tripwire and source development. This proposal outreach plan included contacting so-called mainline Catholic parishes and local diocese leadership. The documents revealed the FBI also expressed an interest in leveraging existing sources and are initiating type 5 assessments to develop new sources with the placement and access. In light of this information, the serious consequences for the free exercise of America First Amendment rights, Chairman Jordan issued a subpoena day to FBI Director Ray. Then, as we probably have all seen now, FBI documents associate entertained slang like based and red pill with extremism. Heritage Foundation Oversight Project said it used a Freedom of Information Act request to expose FBI documents that include glossaries showing that common internet slang have been flagged such as involuntary, celibate, violent extremists, racially or ethnic motivated violent extremism. Part of the document refers specifically to incels or those involving involuntary celibates whom the threat overview describes as possibly seeking to commit violence in support of their beliefs that society unjustly denies them sexual or romantic attention. The assessment wrote, while most incels do not engage in violence, some have been involved in at least five lethal attacks. Many of the terms mentioned for the FBI lips, list of incel terminology are either widely used across the internet or innocuous, like red pill came from the matrix, uh, many of the terms listed are focused on self-improvement. A glossary defines the term as Chad as a race-specific term used to describe idolized version of a male who is very successful at getting sexual romantic attention from women. The list also include looks maxing, which is defined as a document as the process of self-improvement. There are many terms associated with self-pity by a list with racially or motivated violent extremism. So basically, every righty term LARPing, etc. makes you an extremist. And then we have Kirby standing up and saying this. 
again, without confirming the validity of the documents, this is information that has no business in the public domain. It has no business, if you don't mind me saying, uh, on the pages of, uh, of uh, front pages of, of newspapers or on television. It is not intended for public uh, consumption, uh, and it should not be out there. So we're back into this basically um, Cuomo stuff. Well, it's illegal for you guys to touch this, but we can touch it because we're important people. By morning, WAPO had released this. Now, remember, WAPO broke Deep Throat. And <laughs> then they went after the president because what we're finding is A lot of dirty deals that this administration is doing. But they didn't go after the president. They went after the person who released it. And if you think about this, during the Trump administration, when there was a leaker, they were praised, lauded, brought up to be the greatest things ever. But when people dump shit about Obama, they went to fucking jail. Julian Assange is still in exile. I mean, for fuck's sake. So there's that. President Biden's Justice Department offered what critics are calling a sweetheart plea deal to a vandal who admitted to defacing the Catholic Church, assaulted people. And where the fuck is the video? I have the video. Here it is. That This is why I'm, I'm terminate fascist today. This is just great.
desecrate this image of Mary that and 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 and, and, and say the words woman hater you can't do that so for non-Catholics, help us understand the significance of this Mary statue. I mean, it's it's revered, right? This is a holy symbol, at least. Mary, mother of God, mother of Jesus, chosen for um, the act of, of carrying God in, in human flesh as Jesus. She's one that you would bring your prayers to, um, to bring them to Jesus. Okay, so this happening to the statue is pretty significant. Sure it is, sure it is. And, and just the irony of, the irony of, of saying that you're for women and, and desecrating this is, is hard to overstate. No jail time. Nope. None. Zero. Zilch. Are you seeing a recurring theme? If you're uh, fucking conservative, well, you need to go fuck yourself. You need to go straight to jail. You know, I I rarely play Fox News sound bites, but they're the only ones covering this. So here we go. All right, good news tonight as pro-like activist Mark Houck was acquitted by a jury in Pennsylvania earlier today. This was after he was raided and arrested by the FBI, some 25 agents in September in front of his family, guns drawn, and he was charged with violating what's called the FACE Act. Now, for this altercation, with a, if you take a look, with a Planned Parenthood escort. Now, as you can see in your upper left-hand corner, Mark, accompanied by his son, standing away from the entrance to the clinic when he is approached by the escort identified as Bruce Love, who repeatedly tried to antagonize Hauk, allegedly verbally harassing him and his son before Hauk eventually shoves him after multiple attempts to defuse the situation. The Planned Parenthood manual clearly states that escorts are not to antagonize or even engage with any protesters, a rule that love clearly broke. But this begs another question. Why is Biden's DOJ so fixated on taking down pro-life activists, but seemingly uninterested in the hundreds of attacks on pro-life centers around the country, or what's happening outside of Supreme Court justices' homes, for example? Mark joins us now, along with his attorney, Peter uh, Breen Whitmore is with us. Uh, thank you both for being with us. Mark, let's talk about this situation. So, first, the arrest part. And you got arrested. They had 25 agents, 15 cars, I read, uh, guns drawn. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. On September 23rd, about 6.45 in the morning, uh, that, that's uh, when those 20 so-called so agents, full SWAT gear, uh, heavily armored vests, ballistic shields, helmets, uh, battering ram, uh, banged on my door. And your kids were inside, your wife was inside. Okay, l let's run the video here, and why don't you explain to people where you are in proximity to the Planned Parenthood facility, and this guy keeps coming up to you, and, and tell us what, what happens from your perspective. There's the guy in the yellow, and you're the guy that he's approaching. So what happened? Sure. So at this point, he's uh, he's about a foot away from my son uh, after already having one altercation with him. Uh, and now he's making my son extremely nervous, 
uh, friends coming over that's out there praying, redirecting him. Uh, my son moves behind me. I can tell he's visibly scared. Uh, there proceeds to be uh, further insults at me, directed at my son, about me. And, um, and at this point, I, I step in and I tell Mr. Love, you'll see right now, to, to go back to where he normally stands. So I walk him there and uh, tell him to stop talking to my son. He doesn't have any permission to talk to my son. Next thing I know, he turns around and he's talking to my son again. And then you see the push. Okay, so it's not the worst thing in the world, but didn't you face up to 11 years in jail for this? That's correct. Yes, I did. All right. Let's, let me bring in, and I want to keep running this because, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just a little old-fashioned, uh, Peter Breen, uh, and you're the attorney that won this case, but um, if a guy comes up to you repeatedly on the street and is a threat to you and your family and you're not even in front of the facility, isn't he down the block from the facility? He was well away from the entrance. And the FACE Act, the federal act that they charged here, is about access to the clinics. It's not about dealing with issues down the sidewalk. And this issue should have been in the municipal court. It actually was. And the municipal court threw it out because Mr. Love wouldn't show up for trial. So right here today, what we did was win a big victory for the pro-life movement against the Biden administration. They were trying to scare pro-lifers from coming out on the sidewalks and being active, Biden, that DOJ sent their best prosecutor, the, the top guy for face prosecutions from Washington to help deal with this case in Philly. And that jury, once we finally got it seated fully, uh, took about an hour to find Mark not guilty on all charges. Listen, I grew up watching the Broad Street bullies and Dave Schultz and Hound Dog Kelly and Bobby Clark and Rick McLeish and all these guys and Bernie Perrant. I'm sorry, that push did not warrant 11 years in jail. However, it was the Planned Parenthood guy that kept going up to him. And I don't know, did he ever threaten you, Mark, at all? Uh, we, we've had many encounters over the years. Uh, it's been about 20 years that I've been out there. It's the first time he's really overstepped his bounds uh, with, and my son really was the the bait for him. And uh, he, you know, he says all he he throws all sorts of insults, vulgarity at me and my son. And uh, you yeah. know, I usually just let it flow off my back like a duck. All right. Well, I'm glad you won this case. Not Good this job. Time. And Peter, thank you. You're going to continue. I assume your activism. Now, now the question is, will the Biden DOJ go after those groups that are attacking pro-life organizations? He is, of course, the guy that, you know, they went after because he's pro-life. We're going to go after pro-life. We're going to go after everything. But we're not going to go after lefties. NPR has left Twitter because they're being called state media. Katie Porter, a beloved on the left, dumping boiling hot potatoes on her husband's head. No charges. Biden administration officials were reportedly involved in Mar-a-Lago raid. They signed off on it. They were part of it while they themselves got away with it. Embattled VA school district bars teacher from using Bible verses in email. Religious discrimination, if I can get it out of my mouth, but, you know, we expect, we expect that. 
Western Special Forces are on the ground in the Ukraine. Then we get Biden's EV verdict, which basically... It will fuck us all. I'm not going to play sound bites on this. Understand, you will not be able to have a elect- uh, you will not be able to have a gas car, and once they get done fucking with your grid, you won't be able to drive your electric car. So if you're a rural person because they hate you, you're personally fucked. You ain't gonna be able to drive anywhere. You're gonna be stuck at your fucking house, or you're gonna have the horse and buggy like a fucking Amish person, because that's what they want. And then finally. Riley Gaines, a long response from San Francisco, and they basically said, it's your fucking fault for coming, so go fuck yourself. Which then brings us up to our shooting this week. Once again, our nation, blah, 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 with blah, blah. Oh, wait a minute. Let me play this one first. Before we go into this, we'll just go back to back really quick since I fucked it up. Here is uh, Joe Rogan finding out about the guy getting jail time for fucking memes. They're just fascists. I don't so think this was in yeah. place. Well, this guy got been gone. The meme guy got found guilty for posting memes. I don't know the exact details of his court. He got case. found guilty. Yeah, they found him guilty. Which <gasps> and then what? What does that mean? Do you know Who the memes guy? He, it was a very subtle parody of Hillary Clinton. He was like found trying guilty. to say uh, with this thing, like to Hillary voters, they could just stay home and text your vote into this number. Wasn't that it? Oh, something like that. Yeah, but, but it's a parody. Yeah, but they but, took it seriously. Or but, somebody said, can you believe this is happening? They found the dude who did it, and they fucking arrested him. What? He that out. Avoid the line. Avoid the line. <laughs> vote from home. Text Hillary to 59925. Vote for Hillary and be a part of history. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, amazing. Amazing. He was convicted today by a federal jury in Brooklyn of charge of conspiracy against the rights. It's the context. You took away the context of the, of the parody. Totally. If you also, so be- like, if you also believe... If you believe that was true, don't vote anyway, man. <laughs> if you yeah, believe you shouldn't get a vote. You, do, yeah. you shouldn't yeah. get a vote. You shouldn't be able to vote if you can't get if you get duped by that. Yeah. But was there a lie? This time in Louisville, Kentucky, the president and the first lady are praying for those killed and injured in the tragic shooting in Louisville, and for the survivors who will carry the trauma for the rest of their lives. They are grateful for the LMPD officers who quickly and courageously stepped into the line of fire to save others. Once again, today, the president has called on Republicans in Congress to work together with Democrats to take action, to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, to require safe storage of firearms, to require background checks for all gun sales, to eliminate gun manufacturers' immunity from liability. These are common sense actions we can, we can ask for and should be getting right now. And it's what Americans want. We know that majority of the American people support this. Instead, we've watched Republican official after Republican official after Republican official double down on dangerous bills that make our schools, that makes our places, places of worship, that makes our communities less safe. 
while too many Americans are paying with their lives. So again, we need to act and we need- The Cabbage Patch can lick my balls. What they won't say is this is the shooter. He's a lefty. He was a lefty. He was an anti-Trump person. And they're not going to ever talk about it. Because why would they? They're just going to go straight to guns. They're going to say that, you know, it's the GOP's fault. They're all evil. Um, This was the Daily Beast. The 23-year-old Connor Sturgeon was a former varsity hoop star and finance grad turned banker who had probably been fired from his job in recent days. One former friend described him as a popular kid in high school. You can always tell if they're lefties on this. He was a, a stir scholar shit. Then, of course, it's because Thomas Massey took a gun photo with his family. That's, that's where the left went on it, you know. Th- then we literally have the body camera footage that is the same people that they want to defund because they're evil racists. Thirteen Baker, we're making entry from the uh, from the east side at Preston, Maine. Shooter has an angle on that officer. We need to get up there. I don't know where he's at. The glass is blocking him. God, don't have an angle. I think I got him down. I think he's down. You're down. God be with those who lost their loved ones and those brave cops, but taking away everybody's guns really isn't going to change anything. And then lastly on our intro, I, I 
This fucking shooting in Texas is once again a BLM gets to do what they want. You fuckers need to go suck a bag of dicks. And here is ABC literally making shit up. But in this court case, he aimed an AK-47 at him. What was he supposed to do? Just sit there and get shot? Right now, we're going to turn to the story of a Texas man convicted of killing a Black Lives Matter protester. There will be a pre-sentencing hearing for the Army Sergeant this morning, but Texas Governor Greg Abbott has already signaled that a pardon is coming. John Canonis is in Fort Worth with the story. Good morning, John. Good morning, George. You know, at first, this seems like an open and shut case. A few days ago, a man who shot and killed a Black Lives Matter protester was convicted of murder. Well, this morning, that killer could come one step closer to being a free man. Daniel Perry was convicted of murder last Friday in the fatal shooting of 28-year-old Garrett Foster. This morning, a date for his sentencing will be set, and he could face life in prison. But now, all eyes are on Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who has signaled a possible pardoning under state law. Posting on Twitter, I have made that request and instructed the board to expedite its review. I look forward to approving the board's pardon recommendation as soon as it hits my desk. The Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles responding, saying they will be commencing that investigation immediately. The governor's announcement undermines the rule of law here in the state of Texas and I think undermines our public safety. What the governor said is that the people don't matter and their voices don't matter. Someone got shot! In July 2020, the white 12-year military veteran was driving for a rideshare company when he pulled up to a street with a crowd protesting the police killing of George Floyd. Police say that's when Foster, also white and an Air Force veteran, approached Perry's car while carrying an AK-47 type rifle, which is legal in Texas. Foster was then shot by Perry multiple times with a handgun Foster legally owned. Someone got shot. With Texas having one of the strongest stand-your-ground laws for self-defense, attorneys for Perry say he had no choice but to shoot Foster for his own protection. But prosecutors say... All right, before we get into our top six today, a few more things. I'm going to play a four-minute soundbite. I'm going to edit it down some. Of uh, Biden and his TikTok influencer campaign that NPR, who is upset because they're being called state-funded media, even though they require money to be state-funded media, that's how they make their money. And they're so upset over this that they've left Twitter. But this soundbite for the love of God. If a Republican did this, what, what do you think they'd say? Here's a statistic for you. A third of people ages 18 to 29 prefer to get their news from TikTok and other social media. That's according to Pew Research. So the White House is working on new ways to get its message out to those audiences. NPR's Barbara Sprunt reports. 
When President Biden celebrated his major spending package at the White House last month, there were some unexpected guests invited. Hey, besties. I was invited to the White House to celebrate the Inflation Reduction Act. Y'all, you know, this I'm week I was invited to the back. White House to celebrate the passing of the Inflation we Reduction Act. We are here on the cell phone of the White House, like the actual White House. More than 20 people were there with ring lights and audio equipment taking it all in. It's part of a White House strategy to reach younger people where they are, which often is scrolling on a device with help from influencers. To be at the people's house, having lemonade, waiting for the president to speak, is an exciting moment. That's V. Spear, host of Under the Desk News, which provides minute-long daily news wraps to 2.7 million TikTok followers. There was a special briefing for Spear and other content creators ahead of the ceremony. I thought perhaps it was going to be similar to what we see from legacy media groups who get a press briefing from the press secretary. And this was a little bit more intimate than that. They heard about the legislation directly from staff from the Climate Policy Office, the National Economic Council, even President Biden and Vice President Harris dropped in. Honestly, I don't care what side of the aisle you are on. When the president and the vice president walks in a room, it's a cool moment. This isn't the first time the White House has worked with influencers. Speer was part of a virtual briefing earlier this year on the war in Ukraine, a briefing that caught the attention of Saturday Night Live. I also want to thank my press secretary, Jen Psaki, for having the vision to set this up. I suggested it as a joke, and then it actually happened. <laughs> Spear can laugh at that a bit. Legacy media had a good time making a joke about TikTokers being invited to um, a White House briefing. It just showed how out of touch people are with what the current state of communication is for young people. A.B. Burns-Tucker is known as I Am Legally Hype on TikTok. She was at that celebration last month, too. She says there's a lot of misconceptions about what exactly an influencer is. At first, it was just the flat tummy tea girls, right? And now you see people like me and others who are outside of mainstream news, and people are gravitating to the information that we present. Burns-Tucker is a law student and shares political and legal content. She says the briefing was helpful in putting things in context, and she has more posts in the works. Her 600,000 followers had a mostly positive reaction to her visit. Some people were like, all right, cool. Like, now I could get some solar panels, right? Like, now, you know, my granny and them prescriptions going to be cheaper. But there was some skepticism. One of the things is always like, oh, you went to the White House, so now you're going to say whatever the White House tell you to say. And it's like, no, just because I earn my space doesn't mean I'm going to be a puppet for somebody. The White House told the influencers they recognize they're independent. Here's Rob Flaherty, director of Digital Strategy. We're not expecting them to become Biden administration propagandists, but we want to make sure that they have the best information that they can get and be able to ask questions just like reporters would. Presidents have long recognized the benefits of pop culture. Tevi Troy, a presidential historian, says presidents have been experimenting with technology for more than a century. It's really with the growth of social media that you have presidents that have the ability to aim for specific audiences that they want to reach and put out the tailored message without going through the various filters of the news media. But there are potential pitfalls, just like with any other media. They may not be sophisticated political actors. They may not be policy-focused. And so maybe they said, OK, I'll go to the White House, but I'm not going to do much else for them. In fact, some of the group last month didn't seem to post much. Breathless. They're on board for everything he does. And they're butthurt because they're federally funded state media. That, that's all they are. This is, of course, our... Um, 
Tennessee three, and they're going to lead off our top six today because the transformation of one of these guys is just fucking epic. There were new demonstrations today in Nashville, Tennessee, over the expulsion of two Democratic state legislators there. And there are efforts tonight underway to have them reinstated. Correspondent Charles Watson is in Nashville tonight with the latest on that story. Good evening, Charles. Uh, good evening, Brett. Protesters are back out in Nashville today. I want to show you a picture of some of them. Some of these folks coming from as far as Nebraska to demand the Tennessee legislature take action on gun reform. Today's protest comes as the state house is back in session for the first time since successful Republican-led efforts expelled two Democratic lawmakers for holding a demonstration on the House floor, which GOP members say broke the quorum. Many of those folks have called the move unfair and say they want to show support for the two, the two Democrats, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. As it relates to Jones, we just learned moments ago that Nashville's Metro Council voted unanimously to reinstate Jones back to his seat. He is now headed back to the Tennessee State House as an interim representative just four days after losing that seat. We spoke to a constitutional scholar who tells us the Metro Council is well within its right to bring Jones back. Listen. The Constitution um, requires representation and it allows for the local government to choose who that person is that will be filling that vacancy until the next um, special election can be held. Now, in the letter sent to Republican House Speaker Cameron Sexton, lawyers representing both Jones and former Representative Justin Pearson of Memphis urged the speaker to promptly swear in both uh, members of the general as general members of the General Assembly should they be reinstated and grant them, quote, the same benefits, rights, duties and liberties as any other member. Sexton's office tells Fox News in an email if Jones or Pearson are reinstated, those two individuals will be seated as representatives as the Constitution requires. And we just saw Jones arrive to the Tennessee State House just a few moments ago. He will be a part of the session tonight, Brett. Charles Watson live in Tennessee. Charles, thanks. I'm sure by now you've seen the videos of him fucking <laughs> preaching like he's Martin Luther King. I mean, they all do it. One I missed earlier, Biden proposed to allow foreign offshore wind companies to kill 42 whales, 2,678 dolphins, and 1,472 seals. I'm going to keep this going because it's actually a harassment authorization. And folks, I am not a tree hugger, but this offshore... Crap is, wow. Mm. And while we propaganda and fascism and every other word I can say, nobody covered Hunter's Associate meeting the fucking president 80 times. Nobody. We, we just fucking ignored that shit. We, we just fucking ignored it. Why would we? Yeah. Um, here is, uh, which one's this? This is a GOP guest, guest, Schools Joy Reid on racist roots of abortion, which I really loved. And I'm going to play it black to back with 
This is a real soundbite. It comes from MSDNC, and it hails expelled legislator on Easter as a miracle because he's Jesus or something. So a good soundbite goes into a really bad soundbite. I am a pro-life activist. I do believe personally uh, that, uh, and, and again, this is a science thing. You, you, over 90% of scientists agree that immediately at conception, there is a human life. There is the genus and the species. No, I don't think over 90% human... of scientists believe that. And by the and way, it's a human life. Well, historically, that... historically, even in the colonial era, even the earliest eras of this country, until the quickening, until a woman could feel uh, a child inside of her, most even religious people, most people in the colonial era, abortion was not illegal until the quickening. And so that is what the Rose Standard was. But my question, I think it's really important for people to understand where people who are on your ideological side are coming from. Yeah. Do you want abortion to be illegal in the entire country? Because that is that is going against the views of the vast majority. I would well, say more than 70 to 80 percent of Americans don't want that. Do you want that? Well, scientifically, immediately conception all of the DNA is separate. It's two separate bodies. There's no DNA from the mother that is in the but child. But do you want this abortion is, to be illegal? I, just I, I, I believe in human rights. I, to me, abortion is as evil as slavery. It truly is. And when you look at the founding of Planned Parenthood and who Margaret Sanger was, you look at her research. She was a woman who believed in eugenics. She was a woman who believed in the purification of the race. And she didn't but the, want certain women to reproduce. But the and I find that legacy to be deeply problematic. Right, and from, a, majority, from just a scientific standpoint. Right, but the, the vast majority of women are not eugenicists. Are, most people probably don't even know who Margaret Sanger is. Most women just want control of their own body. So my last question to you, do you think that contraception should be illegal. No, and I, 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 I was very concerned by that the piece that you mentioned where that some people are trying to block access to birth control. And, and I think that I hope this can be a bipartisan area where vasectomies, I mean, wh why aren't we all pushing for that in terms of health care coverage for men to get vasectomies and encourage them? And they are thankfully re reversible in, in the vast majority of cases. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and I'm Protestant. I know that some Catholics disagree with me on the birth control front, but I mm -hmm. think that that's an area, if we can focus on termination, then we can have a lot fewer conversations about, the, Carrie, uh, so uh, sorry, uh, prevention than instead of termination. Okay. So Mark, you're in Nashville. Kathy just told us that the feeling on the ground is one of celebration and jubilation. It, can you concur? As, as a matter of fact, good evening, everyone. Uh, right behind me, Justin, Jones is being sworn in. The Metro Nashville Council has restored him. Uh, he is now being sworn in here on the steps of the Capitol, just behind me, so you can hear the people uh, cheering. And the moment he's sworn in, he's going to go and take his seat at his legislative desk. So this is a big victory. The word is right is jubilant. You know, last week uh, they sent these two uh, gentlemen home, uh, but it's Easter weekend. Uh, and so they've been resurrected. They're back in their seats. Uh, and whatever the Republicans here were up to has been has been thwarted for now. So, Gene, this is an Easter miracle of sorts, the resurrection of the political careers yeah. of these two men or what will be two men if Memphis does the same thing. What's your reaction to the reappointment of Justin Jones and the possible reappointment of Justin Pearson later this week? Well, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson are now um, mega political stars in this country, um, uh, it, both for who they are and how eloquent they are and how powerful they are. But 
but for what was done to them. And so what did, what did Tennessee Republicans accomplish last week with their anti-democratic and, and openly racist action in expelling the two of them? It, it managed to elevate them and elevate their voices in, in a way that they could not have done uh, absent that action. You know, Margaret Sanger, they finally acknowledged, is a racist piece of shit, but they're not gonna ever, 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 ever see what it's doing to blacks. Blacks specifically. I mean, the amount of disproportionate killing of black babies is fucking astounding and they prey on them. That's why PPFA is always in black neighborhoods. Our next is going to be a surge of vile GOP. Uh, Read GOP likes lynching vibe, doesn't care about gun deaths. CBS uh, covering ousted Dems living in mostly white GOP nightmares. CNN condemns GOP for focusing on education and abortion instead of gun control. And Colbert suggests Thomas Freed is a Nazi, calls Tennessee GOP racist, because, you know, that's just what we do. Who clearly don't give a damn if they or their friends die a painful, gruesome death at the hands of an assault rifle. This feels like a pattern to me. Um, You have Republicans in multiple states, including Florida, passing and pushing laws that will allow people to hit Black Lives Matter protesters or any protesters they like with their cars. And this was after the Charlottesville murder by car of a white woman who was a Black Lives Matter protester. They seem to have gotten back into lynching, hanging, Um, all sorts of other sort of draconian 19th century fare. What is going on with Republicans that they seem to like be bringing back the lynching vibe? Well, (laughs) I mean, uh, I would be uh, surprised if this was an African-American who shot somebody uh, in Austin, Texas, that the governor of Texas be weighing in saying this person is not guilty and should be pardoned. Matter of fact, he's never done it for anybody um, except this guy who, as you laid out, a unanimous jury, a jury of citizens of Travis County, unanimously found the guy guilty, which, as you know, for a police officer, is very difficult. So the evidence was overwhelming against this guy. To me, this is all, it all is part of, it's all integrated. This is another attack on our democracy, and I don't think people fully understand what that means. They think attacks on our democracy are only like taking away somebody's vote or what happened on January 6th. This is an attack of a tr- of a jury, which is in our Constitution in the Seventh Amendment, the right to jury trial, that basically takes the, the power of citizens away to hold anybody accountable. That's what a jury is. It's an integral part of our democracy. The founders put it in our Constitution. And the governor of Texas instigated, as you know, by Tucker Carlson and Kyle Rittenhouse, who weighed in on this as well, who also weighed in on this as well, decided that he knows better than 12 average folks sitting in Austin, Texas, to make this decision. Again, it's another attack on our democracy. You know, and, 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 and right, and so fascism has many features. Uh, and one of them is this sort of lust to be able to harm or kill your political opponents. And it feels like 
across the board on the right. There is this kind of... This There's breaking news now from Nashville, where a black Democratic lawmaker was just unanimously reinstated just days after Republicans threw him and another Democrat out of the Tennessee legislature. As CBS's Mark Strassman reports, the representatives were removed after they led a protest over gun reform. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. Suddenly, the so-called Tennessee Three are everywhere. In the streets of Nashville today, on television, and probably in state Republican nightmares. Former Democratic State Representative Justin Pearson and Justin Jones. So there is no democracy in Tennessee. Tennessee is the most undemocratic state in the nation. You don't understand. You Last don't week, mostly white Republicans in the Tennessee House flexed their supermajority. They expelled two young black lawmakers from mocking House decorum with a bullhorn and bravado. I'm concerned about the House floor following the process and procedures that are laid out that you should follow and not having a protest, as it was described over here, on the House floor. Jones's district included part of Nashville. And in a special session today, the city's Metro Council met to appoint an interim state rep. As expected, they named Jones in effect to replace himself until Tennessee's governor sets the date for a special election. If Republicans here hoped ousting the two Democrats would silence them, make them smaller, their tactic backfired. GOP leadership here got smaller. And uh, there's uh, politicians and people in power in this country who want to do something about it. And then there's politicians and people in power in this country who don't want to do anything about it. And that is the situation that we're in and that we've been in for a very, very long time. It's interesting now that there are local calls to do something, knowing that Congress has failed over and over again to make any sort of big, meaningful uh, changes to gun legislation. Of course, they passed something a year ago. And now every time one of this happens, what members of Congress say is, well, we passed this last year. That was a big lift. That's probably all we're going to get right now. And so it is interesting that in the South, you have Nashville and Louisville, who are the center of this gun rights movement or gun control movement right now. And, and they're also the center of other um, priorities of Republicans, if you will, in legislatures, uh, whether it's talking about schools, whether it's talking about uh, transgender athletes, uh, whether it's trying to pass new state abortion restrictions. And Congressman McGarvey, a Democrat from Louisville, he's a freshman. That district was represented for a long time by John Yarmouth, who left the district. So you have a freshman Democrat in the United States Congress working here in Washington who served for years in the legislature. He's trying to get the adults to sit down at the table, and he's trying to shake Republicans, asking them, how about your priorities here? That is not a political issue. But it becomes one when Kentucky Republicans would rather ban books and pronouns and then make Kentucky a sanctuary state for weapons. We've had this conversation too many times. Um, we talked about it in the show meeting that we're un unfortunately prepared for days like this. And we sort of know how to put the shows together and get the law enforcement people and the like. Uh, Will, that, that this is happening is, again, it, blue communities, Democratic communities, the urban communities in Republican states. Is it possible that finally you get a conversation? Not here to dictate outcomes. Just get adults in a room to talk things through. And he also had some powerful words about how we need to, as a country, turn grief into action here. And Congress is currently in recess, so... So, okay, I'll bite. He's your close personal friend that you know everything about. So I guess it would be really embarrassing to learn that Harlan Crow has a collection of Adolf Hitler artifacts and Nazi memorabilia, including 
two paintings by Hitler. Ladies, take note, that is a red flag. You never want to have to tell your gal pals. So I finally spent the night at Todd's. Um, it was good, but he's got this really intense gaming setup and two paintings by Hitler. Should I text him back? Or what do I do? Crow also has a display of swastika embossed linens. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes with the Monsters of History fine dining set. You get the Nazi napkins, the pole pots and pans, and the Osama bin Ladle. And it's... Act now. But for all that, it's not just the judicial branch. The legislative has its share of problems, especially in state legislatures like Tennessee, because after a week of large student-led protests in favor of gun control, the Republican-controlled Tennessee House voted to expel two of the three Democrats who participated in the protest. All right, audience, let's play a little game. No, no, let's play a little game. I'm gonna show you the three Democrats. You have to guess which two they kicked out. Let's see, Jimmy, let's put three-tenths of a second on the clock. Go! That's right. It's the two black guys. But the GOP says there's nothing racist about this. Explaining uh, the two expelled lawmakers, Representatives Justin Jones and Justin J. Pearson, broke the chamber's rules when they led gun reform chants from the House podium with a megaphone, while Representative Gloria Johnson wasn't expelled since she didn't speak into the megaphone. And I think we all know that excuse is pure bull. We're then going to go into our trans fascism because, you know, that's what we do. It's like never non-stopping. Here's a trans activist saying she wants to eat aborted babies. And this just, it won't stop, stop, stop. It will not stop. It just can't stop. They just want to keep fucking screwing over women and give Dylan Mulvaney an oil of Olay contract. It's time for a pride parade. Families marching one by one. Hurrah, hurrah. Fam Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives. Oh, lay, lay. Oh, slay. Oh, and I'm a daily. Monday. Get my vids and I'm gone. I'm gonna fucking dumpster dive behind these goddamn abortion clinics. Take those goddamn mushy little gum dare looking ass bitches and eat them right in front of you. I'm gonna blend them into a smoothie, eat them right in front of you. I'm gonna be eating these little bitch ass babies and what are they gonna do? Cry to God about it? <laughs> What's God gonna do? Strike me down with a lightning bolt like Zeus? Dude, Zeus will beat the shit out of a Christian God in a- This photo came out this week also. Lizzo. Lizzo naked 
You've probably already seen it, but I'm going to play it again. There's people pushing that they did great, and then there's the reality. They took a $4 billion value bloodbath. There's actually evidence that some places sold four bottles of Bud Light when they used to sell 20 kegs. Nobody's buying it. But this lady here from a woke and inclusive diversity bullshit just fucked Bud Light because her plan was that we're going to get rid of the frat boy look at our beer and basically she cost her company billions of dollars. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light and it was this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we Mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important (laughs) that we had another approach. Then we have a dude that got brought into the prestigious Royal Academy of Dance. Sophie Rebecca, former rally driver and IT technician, was the first trans woman to pass exams at the Royal Ballet because they just can't help themselves. It's what woke do. Two other transy shit. USA Today survey says transgender kids are coming out at younger ages. Transgender are not better young people are coming out at younger ages. A national LGBTQ youth advocacy group found with one in ten having come out before age 13. A political advocacy group publishes a report that confirms their position. Yeah, that seems fucking legit. LGBT activists. Currently, LGBT young people are forced onto sex offender registry in situations where straight youth are not. Discrimination is a relic of times when gay sex was illegal. This bill is supported by major LGBT civil rights group, and the bill aims to f- fix sex offender list. Amazing protest, Scott Weiner. LGBT activist Peter Tatchell says that a nine-year-old can consent with a 50-year-old man. 
Let's listen to it together. He told me when he was about 50 that he had had sex with a young man when he was nine years old. He said it was his choice. He said he wasn't pressured or manipulated. He said he had no regrets about that sexual experience. So my view is... You understand why I say over and over and over it is linked completely linked to pedophilia. They sexualize children. This is this is how we do it. It's disgusting and needs to be stopped. Here's um, a couple NPRs. I'm not going to make you list them all. This is on Biden, and I want us to listen together. I'm going to turn the volume up on the speaker. This is NPR. Keep doing little NPR hits because it'll be my closing. Here you go. President Biden heads to Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland this morning. His visit is part diplomacy and part homecoming for this country's second Irish Catholic president. Biden's ancestors came to the U.S. from Ireland in the mid-1800s, and his Irish-American roots are a big part of his identity as president. NPR White House correspondent Tamara Keith reports. Many modern American presidents have claimed Irish ancestry, from John Fitzgerald Kennedy to Barack Obama, who has Irish relatives on his mom's side. But none were quite as forward about it as President Biden. As we already say, that's no malarkey. That's a fact. This may be hyperbole, but the only thing he quotes more than the great Irish poets is the wisdom of his Irish-American mother. That's number one. Here is poetry-loving Biden heads to Ireland home of best poets in the world. President Biden heads to Northern Ireland tomorrow to mark the 25th anniversary of the signing of the Good Friday Agreement. Then it is on to the Republic of Ireland, where he is expected to make official stops in Dublin and personal stops in two counties where his family has roots. President Biden is known to wear his Irish Catholic heritage on his sleeve. And as NPR's Tamara Keith reports, he has a penchant for quoting the great Irish poets. President Biden quotes Irish poets so often he has a joke about it. And he tells that joke a lot. They always used to kid me because I always quoting Irish poets on the floor of the Senate. They think I did it because I'm Irish. That's not the reason. I did it because they're the best poets in the world. Dan Clucci was a senior presidential speechwriter in the early part of the Biden administration. I wouldn't say that he exclusively quotes Irish poets, but I think you're probably looking at a a ratio of, you know, at least a 90-10 scenario. In particular, Biden is fond of William Butler Yeats. As the Irish poet said, all change, change utterly, a terrible beauty has been born. That is from the poem Easter 1916, about a failed uprising in Ireland's fight for independence from Great Britain. Biden has applied that stanza to an America divided, a changing world, the aftermath of wildfires in California, and to mark the Jewish High Holy Days. And yes, it appeared... They're state-run media, which gives us our last top six. It will be one of the TikTok influencers and Elon Musk with the BBC. And this is a key, key soundbite. Really listen to it, because this is what our media is. Let me 
tell you something. Gen Z is going to make sure there's a blue wave in 2024. Republicans have no policy to help young people. They're literally trying to take away our rights. They are, and Harry, myself, and millions of other Gen Zers have a message to send, and I promise you, Republicans mess with the wrong generation. Let's go! Content you don't like or, or hateful? What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a, a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if I'm, something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, no, is that I'm what not, you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, just, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con content. And I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me, you've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's why I'm asking for examples. Can, right. you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't need, I, I, honestly, you I don't. You can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore, because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you said a lot of people, a lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only, well, well, I only look well, at hang my, on a my second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I, well, then how did you see the hateful content? content? Because I've been, I've, been using, I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the, you, for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right. And you I, can't I, give a single I, one. And, and, and I'm saying... I've, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet. And yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well... That's a false. No, what I claimed, you just lied. What, no, no, what I claim was uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether, whether it has on my feed or not. Give me one example. Not, I mean, I, right, and Literally if you, you look at something one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, U in the UK, they will say that. So you, they, Look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? Then, that I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I, That's haven't, absurd. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. Then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We, have, we only have a certain amount of time. Um, well, there's no uptick in anything. There hasn't been uptick. But what they do is they have an agenda, and the agenda is now, hey, they changed, and since we changed fucking Twitter, it's gotten worse because we don't get to do what we get always got to do. We got to regulate speech and get people kicked off and views we didn't like um, could just go the fuck away, like in a in a heartbeat. Just see ya, bye bye, because that's the way they wanted it. So they have an agenda that Twitter's now a hellscape of anti-Semitism. And yet that guy can't do a single fucking example. So you know those YouTube, TikTok influencers he's going to employ while you can't have TikTok on your phone in the federal government. It's all propaganda. It's all an agenda. It's all words crafts. It's not reality. And this old guy who loves Ireland 
we're not going to hear the end of it. So, I'm going to do a quick segment on Lost Memories, a new podcast I'm planning to do, and then we'll go into our This is America for the main podcast. So as stated, the concept is, uh, as the older you get, your brain doesn't work as well. And the marriage of your brain and digital memories. And I personally really think of it as a hard drive. We have bits and fragments. They come in and come out. And when you see a picture, there's all these memories. So these are cold. I have not looked at them. I'm pulling them in order of the way they were because this was a cloud. It didn't partition off. All pictures went one place. All videos went another place. All music went another place. And it's just a hodgepodge. You know, if it was track one, it's track one. All the track ones. It's bizarre how it did it. But it makes it more of a glimpse and a pop. So here we go. This had to be taken on one of my trips to Washington, D.C. I went with Citizen for Fort Campbell, talked about it a little bit on the show, even covered it, I believe. Um, in retrospect, it's very depressing. At the time, it was Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, I was really proud, wore a fancy suit, um, just enjoyed, enjoyed the experience. But by trip seven, I kind of noticed that it was silly. We didn't really change anything. So this is, of course, of the Capitol. This is of my dog, Kata, when she was really, really young. Um, she is now 12. Um, hasn't changed a bit. Still acts the same. But this is when I used to let her run around when she wasn't super aggressive in the woods. And I don't even remember when I took this. No clue. There's no data with it. This is the U.S. Calvary Tactical Store. And it had to be when I was the manager. Let me blow that up. Yeah. God, that was a long time ago. Store opened in 2007 or 8. No, 7. Had Lincoln Park tickets, a Blackhawk bus. And for six months, we kicked ass, and then they deployed, and it went to shit, and I luckily got promoted. And then five years later, this is a furniture store now. Um, it is gone. A lot of good and a lot of bad memories in that picture. Wow. This is Perfect Circle 2017, 16, 17, me and the wife. Her knee was terrible. We had to walk her down, and the seats on the floor, we were seventh row, was horrible. You had a teeny little seat, and everybody stood up, and you couldn't sit down. I had to find an elevator. It was our last concert. We never went to a concert again. But this was my favorite band, and um, this was during the song Blue. I remember that, because it was blue. Buddy, as a puppy, this is my wife's dog. Um, I 
had quit working for a bit and I was uh, home body so he would come with me every day everywhere I went this dog went it was just crazy um, now he hates my guts so let's move on wow that is old that is young me probably 1997-98 that's my son's baseball team and this was the years of baseball and softball funny times that me and the wife talk about a lot because you want your kids to do stuff and you want them to be active and you push them to do it and then you start doing it and you're like sweet god when is this season ending i remember sitting never having a meal at the house i don't know how many crappy hamburgers and hot dogs we ate at a baseball field because we would go from baseball games take Zach home and let him have a life and then we'd stay with Brittany who would play softball games late into the evening. We're talking 9, 9.30 and then I'd have to go to work the next day. Um, But this is in the beginning when it was a lot of fun. And also when I used to wear tank tops. That doesn't really happen anymore. Marcus Mariota. This is the year he won the Heisman. I don't know why I have this picture on a hard drive but it's a good picture. Fort Irwin and wow I think this is yeah this is one of our get togethers we'd have these barbecues as a team it was hail and farewell and I would get drunk with the boys it was a good time I think that's this photo and I'm pretty lit Yeah, that'd be 2004. Ultrasound. My grandson. Wow. He's 14 now. Man, I don't know. What is it? I think it's Katie's Kentucky. Huh. What does that say? I, I don't know. I think it's Katie's Kentucky during the holidays. Huh. Maybe I should look at him first. Okay, I think this is my daughter. Yes. Daughter, let's look. Yeah, there she is right there. That's my daughter. This is Horrell Hills Elementary, South Carolina. And my kids were the only white kids, basically. It was mostly um, African-American predominant school. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It was just that's where we lived. We lived in rural South Carolina. And in the area we lived, we were like the only white people. Yeah. That is Brittany. I think it's Brittany as a baby getting her first bath. I can't be right. Maybe it is. I don't know. One of my kids. Brittany's first birthday. That is our house in. That's a crappy fence I built out there. That is in Fort Sill, Oklahoma off of Taft Road 
a lot of mixed memories. This was the time where we just got married. We were very young. I didn't know houses didn't have heat. And it was the single wall furnace and we had space heaters and in the winter it's cold there and in the summer it's hot and we had to buy air air conditioners just to make it because um, we didn't have an air conditioner it was uh it's those times that are really tough but they're really happy you know that's a feeling you have wow that is um 1993 so that's Britney's fifth birthday that is guest housing at Fort Ord California we flew in it was one of those flights from hell because they held the plane for some people coming from Thailand which means we missed all our planes we ended up staying in a beautiful beautiful hotel in Los Angeles and then catching a crop duster where my wife vomited on the tarmac because she was so nervous. Um, and I think she was already pregnant. I don't think we knew that at the time. Or No, she wouldn't have been pregnant. No, we already had kids. What am I talking about? Yeah, so she wasn't pregnant. Um, we had both our children because Zach's right there on the side. And we flew in there. And then I had to fly all the way... Is that the, maybe I'm already home. Hold on a second. Let me see. Is that the car? No, that's not the car. So this is before. So I went with a taxi. We didn't have a car with us. Our car was still in Oklahoma. And we did her birthday. And then I got on an airplane and had to fly all the way back to Oklahoma. A horrible trip. I got food poisoning and I destroyed this woman's house. She was so pissed off. She wanted me to leave. I was staying with a friend because our house had, as as known, was already repossessed and foreclosed and resold. And we, I ended up leaving after two days. I got, I didn't eat for two days. Got up, said, dude, I got to go home. And I gave him some money for a brand new battery and I drove all the way back to California. And then we got our post housing which was really nice housing. Um, but I went and got her a bike and put it together. And we were staying in a two side-by-side rooms. Um, we had a doorway and it was, you know, military furniture. It wasn't nice, but it was cheap. And, you know, we stayed there until I signed in and then we got housing and, and we moved into our house. But um, that is a long time ago. That's a long time ago. This is 1986, Alaska, my first C-130 ride. It was cold as shit, and we were going to the Northern Warfare Training Center cold weather. This is when I slept in my first snow cave, when I got hypothermia, where I learned how to ski, a lot of fun memories. And that is, if you look in the pictures at the end of this, um, I am shitting in, or I'm sitting on what looks like a toilet in a snowbank, and that's where that was taken. I took this flight, and we had a box, a throne made out of MRE boxes that were filled with snow, and you had a hole, and you had to shit in a bag. We had to take our shit out because of the water tables. Um, yeah, that was 
That was when I was a private and I had to carry that shit. Wasn't that great? That is Zach. Is it Zach? I guess we should zoom up. Or Brittany. It could be Brittany. I don't know if it has a penis or a vagina. It has a vagina. Okay, that is Brittany as a newborn. That is circa 1998. Oh, God bless America. I hate when this happens. Oh, come on. Yeah, 1998. That's 1998-ish. Because that's when she was born. It's weird how all those popped up front. Holy crap, that's me. First grade photo. Look at that dapper young guy. Wow. That's 49 years ago. It's my first Jeep. Was uh, the phase of buying cars that I regret very much so. Um, The wife made me get rid of the 67 Chevy, so we got a Sonoma. Sonoma? Yeah, crappy pickup truck. And I think we traded it in, and I... We had a Dodge Dakota that looked like shit. It had been sandblasted in the desert. And I'm driving, this lady cuts me the fuck off. And she's in a Jeep. And I go, what about a Jeep? And the wife goes, let's get a Jeep. So I literally went in the parking lot because I was making a lot of money. And I said, I want that one. Got a tow package? Yeah, that one. Hmm. Closed the deal, walked away. Drove it, got a second one. Now I sold it. That is my marriage kiss, April 2nd, 1987, in a church. We paid $50, just as the peace in the recommended churches. And uh, it's my dashing wife, me and my dress greens. It's the first legal kiss right there. That is... Fort Sill, Oklahoma, the first pool for our daughter. That's our Volkswagen Fox, our first real car. We had gotten two Hondas, which I think I talked about on the show. And then, of course, we got the uh, purple and pink VW Bug we drove for a long time. But then we, we went and tried to get a Hugo, got turned down, and then got approved through Ford Credit for a Volkswagen go figure and the car payments were 180 bucks a month it was a two-door that was a great car we never should have got rid of it and i don't know why i did but volkswagen fox and that is in the front yard of our first home and that's 1987 88 and there you go random photos so the concept is to do this get viewer submitted testimonies um, and spur positive and negative and stories that you you just don't remember. Those are things. These just this little dozen photos I randomly picked are all things I haven't thought about forever, and they're all trapped in our brain. And maybe get people to take their brain and their hard drive, like the logo says, and start having some memories. So. 
We will now go into our This is America. We're going to have the GOP wants to take black people's guns away. She's a racist. And Jen Psaki saying the quiet part out loud that being a journalist today is just like working in the White House because her job in the White House is what journalists do not in the White House. This is America. Both of these then expelled, now soon to be reinstated lawmakers have a huge national platform. Did this yes. whole thing completely backfire on Republicans? Did they not know how the rules even worked? Yeah, it, it completely backfired. They led with their head and their heart. As a man thinketh, so is he, right? They wanted their guns by any means necessary, even if it meant expelling two young African-Americans who are fighting for the right for children to be able to live and learn in school and just people to be able to live. But at the end of the day, uh, Stephanie, you have, to, you have to understand that this is now the new civil rights uh, moment, racism, uh, reared his ugly head in this. And because it was so blatant and overt, um, they had to, the Republican-led uh, legislature had to reinstate them because of the will of the people, not just in Tennessee, but globally. They looked uh, terribly uh, in this moment. But um, at the end of the day, Tennessee is a state that has four gun manufacturers. And it's such a passionate issue for this state, the volunteer state that has one of the worst gun laws uh, on the books that now they are moving for background checks, et cetera, in a month's time. There has been such passion on this. They have been moved to do something in a month's time, even if it may be temporary, uh, that lasts as long as the governor, the current governor is in office but they are so moved in this moment of civil rights uh, that met with gun. I mean, do you consider yourself a journalist? I do. Because how do you define being a journalist? Now I'm gonna ask you this question. I don't know. I mean, I, I was once told it was an out of work newspaper man. Well, but, um, you know. well here's, how, here's how I think about it. I mean, first of all, journalism has changed dramatically. Semaphore is an example of that, right? And even when I was in the White House working in government, it really was already all, all on a spectrum. It wasn't just the New York Times, uh, Washington Post, ABC News, and then everything else wasn't considered part of journalism. It's all a big, broad scope of things. And so to me, journalism is providing information to the public, helping make things clear, explaining things, having conversations with people people want to learn more about. And so I think there is a broad expansion of what that is. Yeah, I, was I think that's a pretty good just position of bad sound bites. There's no current movement by the right to take any weapons. So the imposition that they're trying to take black people's weapons, that, that would be you. You're trying to disarm people. Simultaneously not enforcing the current laws that we have for mostly black shooters, black felons in possession, etc., etc., etc.
And Pasaki ties us into the front. Everything I said is so fucking fascist. But our media is not even covering it. They're going after the person that released the info while they ignore leakers of stuff that's bad for them who are lefties or that are good for them, you know, with Dobbs. That's a good thing. They're pretty fucking happy about that. Um, You know, we just, we really have issues. Um, And this, this administration from the EV requirements car requirements, taking your guns, censoring speech, attack on religious liberty that is just beyond the pale with a media that is all state media. I mean, saying NPR is the only state media, yeah, they, they have a reason to be upset because they're all state media. All of them. All they do is push democratic agendas, attack conservatives and non- Progs, which is the worst part about it. There is nothing different between that Bud Light lady and most of our media. They don't want that frat boy image. They want to get rid of these people. Um, it's it's shit show. 100% shit show. So that wraps up another episode, episode 692. That's amazing. I'm about to hit 700 episodes. Share with the family and friends. Go to SoundCloud Flyover Politic and Rumble 482467. I'm not going to have a new SoundCloud page for Lost Memories since it's a video only. It'll be a rumble channel Uh, eventually i set it up today but then i'll start talking about it on that podcast if you care to watch um and once again on that i'm inciting people to do their own vignettes make a little five minute thing just looking at a picture show it up to the camera um i think it's important to as you get older take those memory journeys it's all we have when it's all said and done and they put us in the ground, our last visions will be memories. All memories. We have our own hard drive and it has it in there. You just got to jar it open. So disconnect from your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeahs. We will go with a 16 April, year of our Lord, 2023. It'll be a horrible day. I won't be able to eat. I'll be in a lot of pain, and I'll be second day of prep. I was going to go to a baseball game with my son, but I have to start Saturday now. Monday is photo camera swallowing day. So I can't have any food. I have to get everything out of me. It's going to suck. It's not going to be a good day. But we'll do a podcast. Keep my mind busy. As always, thank you all for listening, and you take care.